going on, everybody? Chris again with Wildlife Command Center. I really appreciate you listening to the podcast. Go ahead and hit subscribe. Love you guys. And today on this Nuisance Wildlife Wednesday, we're going to talk about rattlesnakes. Everybody's most spooky boys, the little rattly boys. And mostly why you should not kill them. They're totally great. Don't do it. You know what I mean? There are plenty of reasons why not to kill them. So first off, let's get into the rattlesnake aspect of rattlesnakes, the snakiness. Why are you seeing them? First off, let's delve into a little bit of their history and location. They are in many of the states of the United States, a whole bunch of them. So the the main one that people think about when you think rattlesnake is the Western Diamondback. It's the biggest species in North America. And it's the big one that, you know, that kind of rears up and they rattle a lot. They get decently sized, you know, a big old Western Diamondback can get up to six feet long. It's a hefty boy. And they're in the West, obviously, as it says in their name, they have a huge range, huge range. The vast majority of the Southwestern states from Texas to California, and then all the way up into like Colorado and a few places, not all of Colorado, prairie rattlesnakes are more prevalent there than Western diamondbacks, but because they're so adaptable and actually have a decent cold tolerance, they have a pretty decently large range. Now over to the east in the deep Southeast, we have Eastern diamondbacks, another very, very large species of rattlesnake. Also over there are timber rattlesnakes. They go a lot farther north up the East Coast and throughout all of the eastern United States, all the way up into Maine, if I'm not mistaken, and then as far west as Louisiana and even eastern Texas. But they're more of a kind of a temperate forest species. They don't really do the whole desert shtick. And so right around in Texas is where they split off, where Texas turns into the hill country and then into Western Texas where it splits off and becomes more desert. That's where their range stops. And then that's where you kind of get into the Western Diamondback area and the Prairie Rattlesnake area. They right there in middle Texas, up into Kansas and even Nebraska, if I'm not mistaken, and then over to Colorado, New Mexico, a little bit of Southern Utah. And let me see, I don't think we have them in Nevada. Prairies. Oh, no, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, we might have prairies in Nevada. Anyway, a bunch of other species as well on the West Coast. There's a whole gang more and a bunch of the little species that are in certain mountain ranges that are pretty unique and distant. They don't really spread into too many other areas. But, you know, I'm more on here today to talk about the big ones that people deal with commonly, which is the Western Diamondback in the West, Eastern Diamondback in the East, and then kind of middle North, the timber rattlesnake. So the big reason why people come into contact with these as touched on by the black rat snake episode, rats. You got rats, you got rodents, man. If you have an area that's attractive to mice and rats and you're in a snaky area, uh, they're going to be coming in. Or if you're in the West, let's say, and you have water features where all animals are going to be attracted to that water, you're going to see rattlesnakes as well. You know, like, So when I worked in Albuquerque in the summer, the big rattlesnake season, if I'm correct, for Albuquerque was like the summer season, but more so for offspring. 
That's when the juveniles were born. They would breed. Snakes can actually store sperm from the year before and release those in the spring, or they breed in the spring and then have their live-born offspring in the kind of middle summer, late summer. Matter of fact, there's a little fact about rattlesnakes. They do not lay eggs. So I don't know if you guys have ever seen that little gag gift, rattlesnake eggs that you can plant and freak people out with. Well, it doesn't exist. There's only a few species of vipers that actually lay eggs and rattlesnakes are not one of them. They have live-born babies. Crazy enough, I know, right? There are also pit vipers, which means they have heat sensing like infrared pits in their face that can see heat. And that's mostly to hunt mammals that are a higher temperature than the rest of their environment. And so when they see them coming, because their vision, it's not the best, you know what I mean? Reptiles in general vision, they don't have great vision and rattlesnakes even more. So the vision is not great. Their vision is more for night hunting. And so they're designed around being able to take in as much light as possible to see in the dark and not so much on visual acuity, especially at distance. And so to compensate for that, because most of their predators are mammalian, hawks eat a lot, but I mean, if a rattlesnake's getting messed up by a hawk, in fact, red tails have this pretty awesome way that they naturally will hunt snakes. They uh, open their wings up. It's crazy if you've seen this. You can probably YouTube a video of this. They open their wings up and like, not so much dance around the snake, but they'll approach it sort of with their wings. It's crazy to see. And so the snake will strike at the movement of their wings and leave their head exposed. And then they, they grab their head or behind their head so as to not get bitten. And then basically incapacitate the snake. It's gnarly. Check it out. YouTube that ish. So those pits allow them to see mammals to strike and kill and eat if they're going to eat them or to see mammalian predators that are trying to eat them like in certain areas, raccoons, possums are actually quite, not so much immune from their venom, but they have a good resistance to their venom. Possums are just freaking, they're, they're crazy. If they weren't hit by cars, they would, be, they would start ruling the world. Another kind of misconception about rattlesnakes is that they can jump and leap and strike at you. Now, while it's semi-true in that some rattlesnakes put so much into their strike that they're, they can move the rest of their body, they cannot actually strike the full distance of their body. And if a rattlesnake is going to strike you, first off, it's going to be coiled up, right, to be able to expand those muscles and launch that strike. You like launch their face at you. It's crazy to think they literally kill things with their face. Can you imagine yourself trying to kill something with your face? We have hands. Don't need our face. We have tools and brains and, and guns and spears. But they can only really accurately strike a third the total length of their body. And so when they're all coiled up, let's say defensively, they're not aggressive. Their snakes don't have the capacity to be aggressive. They're mostly just defensive. You know, a rattlesnake, first off, it's not ever going to chase you. That's another big misconception. They are not, they don't go after you like black mambas. Ooh, miss me with those snakes, man. Mambas are terrifying. And sometimes large cobras will actually, you know, be real full of themselves. But that's all in the past. Maybe I'll do a cobra episode a different day. So let's say 
defensive rattlesnake trying to not get killed by something, right? If they're coiled up and rattling, hence the rattle, that is actually made up of shed scales, by the way, and they grow those as they shed. That's why a juvenile rattlesnake doesn't have any sheds, uh, doesn't have any rattles fresh out of the mama. And after a couple of sheds, they start developing their little rattles. Another misconception, baby rattlesnakes are more venomous, baby snakes are more venomous. Not true. The potency of their venom is the exact same their entire lives. As a matter of fact, the more dangerous snake is absolutely the adult of any type of venomous snake because they can put more venom into you. That's the main thing with venom is how much venom was injected into you, let's say, if, you're, if you got bit. Was it a gigantic rattlesnake? All right. You know, maybe definitely be concerned. I mean, if you get bitten by any venomous snake, you should be concerned unless it's a copperhead. Drink a Mountain Dew, shake it off, go for a run. No, I'm, I'm kidding. If it, if it was a copperhead, you're going to have a sore finger for a few days if it was bit on the finger. But if it was a copperhead and you were bit on the finger, why the hell were you trying to touch a copperhead? Don't do that, you dummy. Leave them alone. First off, if you're not an absolute expert in all snake species, just leave it alone. Or if you want it gone from your property because you have too many mice and it's your fault that you have too many mice because you don't pick up your damn fruit, or you let bird seeds get scattered everywhere by the squirrels because you don't trap the squirrels. You don't have Wildlife Command Center trap your squirrels out. You might have snakes. Call Wildlife Command Center. We can come out and remove those snakes for you. Or any kind of snake expert. Or if you had a buddy who used to watch the crap out of Crocodile Hunter growing up, such as myself, give them a shout. Take a picture of it. First, if you could safely keep your distance and take a picture of the animal, Take a picture of it. And I know, I know you've got a friend. You know, he's kind of weird. He like he likes animals a little too much. He's always like posting, look at my python. I have 400 reticulated pythons. Or then maybe that was just me. Send a picture of that snake to him. He'll know exactly what it is. Or get in touch with a nuisance wildlife control company in your area or contact Wildlife Command Center. If you shoot a picture of a snake that you've seen to our Facebook page, we can positively identify it no matter where you're at, even if you're in Africa. I'm pretty decent on my African species as well. But you're probably not calling us, and uh, you're probably not staying close to any snakes in Africa. All right, I'm going on a tangent. Back to rattlesnakes. If you see something, first off, step one, leave it alone. You know, that's the best thing. If you're like hiking on a trail or mountain biking, shout out to Chris, and you see a rattlesnake or any kind of snake, just leave it be, you know, usher it across the the trail, take a stick and kind of touch its tail and it should slither on along, especially if it's on a trail. Usually they're either sunbathing or moving across it, i.e. like trying to get out of the way, not in the middle of a bunch of gigantic naked primates who are running around and acting all crazy. They're just trying to mosey on their way. So just tip it, tip its little tail with a stick and it should mosey on down the line. Now, if you have like a water feature, 
You might have snakes just showing up willy-nilly. You know what I mean? If you're in the West with a water feature and it's been a dry year, they're just going to show up because they're looking for that precious resource of water that's very important to just about every single living thing that exists. You know, maybe not uh, one of those water bears, those little microscopic things that can live in space and on asteroids, probably Mars. Elon, where are you at? Have you found water bears yet? If you have a water feature in the West, your snakes are probably just going to show up, you know, and so are other animals and snakes are going to be targeting those other animals. So if you see one, don't really worry about it. You know, if it's any kind of snake, just be careful, be careful around it. And if you want it removed because it's your own personal home, give a nuisance wildlife control company a shout and they can come out and remove it safely. And you don't have to kill it. You know, there's no need to kill these things. So there's a a bunch of studies with mammals in that mammals that are trapped and relocated in another area have a really high mortality rate because they can't find food because mammals are so routine. They have such strict routines with how they get their food. When you completely take them out of their home range, they have like an 88% mortality rate. It's, It's bonkers. Snakes, And reptiles, not that high because they kind of just willy-nilly mosey around. They they really, you know, they don't have a lot going on up in the old uh, noggin. So they pretty much just rely on whatever they can find or whatever makes its way to them. Especially with rattlesnakes, they are ambush hunters. They pretty much live in, like they already live in areas that are good for rattlesnakes. They don't do a lot of traveling. And so they just find their food that way. So snakes that are translocated to newer areas, they actually do decent well, at least if those areas are already conducive for snakes. You know, if there's any kind of vegetation, if it's a Western area, I have more experience with Western rattlesnakes than Eastern. I'm pretty sure I only caught one timber rattler when I was in Missouri. And in the West, in New Mexico, Nevada, and California, I've caught countless rattlesnakes, so many in Nevada. It's bonkers. Most of them in neighborhoods. And so people call us. The great thing about Nevada so far is they would rather have them removed than kill them. And it's super cool. Love Nevadans. Love being a Nevadan. They're much more likely to give us a shout, hey, come get this rattlesnake because you know they know that they live in a high desert area and the propensity to run into rattlesnakes is pretty common. So they call us out. We pick them up. I actually have a a dog that's trained to find snakes and doesn't engage with them. As a matter of fact, when he starts to smell them, he gets very nervous and tense and has like these jerky movements as he approaches the scent so as to keep his distance from the snake. And so if you have seen a rattlesnake and you're in one of my territories, step one, and you want it removed from me, call Wildlife Command Center. Step two, keep your eyes on the snake. That's the best thing. Keep your distance, but also keep your eyes on the snake if you want it removed. I can't tell you how many people call me, yeah, I saw a snake. Awesome. When did you see it? Oh, a couple days ago in the backyard. And it's like, okay, there's very little chance that I'm going to find that snake unless you have like, yeah, I have all these pieces of tin. Bro, you got pieces of tin or, or uh, uh, big boards that are laying down? Probably I might find that snake again. Keep your eyes on the prize. And that prize is a rattly boy. Keep your eyes on him. 
and do your best to keep your eyes on the snake until I get there, basically, so that I can just go right up to him, scoop him up, bucket him up, get him out of there forever and all time. Another good thing to do is to make your areas, you know, if we're talking about your own personal space, if you got rattlesnakes up in your personal space, what you need to do is anti-rodent your area. You know, if you have animal feed of some sort that's sitting out and accessible to rodents, they will show up. If you leave it in an accessible bucket, they will come. So the best thing to do is to keep, let's say, chicken feed, right? Put it in a big metal container, like a big metal trash can, a big metal bin, right? Mice aren't going to chew through that. Now, unfortunately, if you have chickens or if you have a barn with horses, like there's always going to be a mouse presence. I mean, if you have a barn with horses, I'm sure you already know that there's going to be snakes out there. But you don't need to kill them. You know what I mean? They're just there to eat your mice. And you're the reason there's mice already, huh? Because you, you decided to get the horses. You had to get the sheep. You know what I mean? With sheep come snakes. Not really. But with farms come mice, come snakes. I will never suggest anyone to have a feral cat around because they kill way more native wildlife than they do just mice. So the best thing to do is to keep your mouse population under control. Don't have a bunch of um, junk laying around, piling up that the animals can get into, that the mice can live in, and then thus those same rattlesnakes move into. Keep your areas tidy. And most importantly, keep your animal feed tidy. If you have bird feeders, that you know you just have to feed the birds that eat seed versus like hummingbird feeders then do your best to keep the areas tidy like maybe put the bird feeder up in an area that doesn't have grass on the bottom of it so the excess seeds don't fall into the grass and quote unquote get lost because i promise mice are coming in and rats you would be amazed if you put up an infrared camera how many rodents are coming in to get that bird seed? It is absurd. Absurd. It's bonkers. So keep the seedy areas less seedy. Clean your seeds, folks. Everybody clean your seeds. And that will keep your rodent population down and thus will draw in less snakes of all kinds. Last but not least, I would say if you have a crawl space, make sure that the vents to that crawl space are secure because a lot of times that's how rodents start getting into people's crawl spaces and, and houses and they're allowed to breed and multiply. And then from there, the rattlesnakes will find those areas and then get in and then just straight up take up residence because there's going to be rodents in there. And most likely there's going to be some sort of moisture accumulation underneath there. And that gives them water, food, water, shelter. They have everything they need from that crawl space with rats. So if you have any more questions, please feel free to give Wildlife Command Center a shout or a message on uh, Facebook or our website, wildlifecommandcenter.com. And if you are in St. Louis, Missouri, Kansas City, Missouri, Pine Bluff, Arkansas, Dallas, Texas, Albuquerque, New Mexico, Reno, Nevada, or Sacramento, California, and you have snake issues or any kind of wildlife issues, please give us a call and we can come and help figure out how to resolve those for you. Thanks again for listening, guys. I really appreciate it. I'm, I love doing this. I, I'm going to keep doing it. 
really excited uh, whenever these bad boys come around and I get to record. So thank you again for listening. If you could, please leave me an awesome review on whatever site that you listen to, whatever platform, whether it's iTunes, Amazon. I didn't even know people listen to it on Amazon, but apparently they do. My big one, Spotify. I really appreciate an awesome review. Thanks again. This is Chris Starr with the Wildlife Command Center podcast. You guys have a good one. God bless. Hey guys, thanks for listening to this podcast. This is Michael Baran, aka Bare Hands Baran. Make sure you go now to Discovery Plus, download our reality TV show, Bare Hands Rescue, where we are out there every day rescuing people from wild animals. It is entertaining, it is engaging, and it is informative. Download it today and listen for our next podcast.